Are you looking to expand your brand this year? Want to make your business stand out above the rest? Well, there's no better way to grow than with your own podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business, or a massive company, you need a podcast in 2024. Podcast Plus is an easy and efficient way for you and your brand to join the podcast revolution. There's no better way to position your company as the go-to authority than with a podcast that showcases your industry knowledge, insights, and expertise. The studios at Podcast Plus are state-of-the-art with top-of-the-line production quality. And if you're just starting out, Podcast Plus offers professional script writing, editing magic, and can conceptualize your show, create your cover art, and get you ready to stream on all major platforms. We'll market your podcast as well, showcasing it on radio stations and digital streams across the country. Expand, enhance, and extend your company and brand and reach potential clients and customers 24-7. Find out more at podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. That's podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. Thousands of fish have washed up dead along the Oder River, which runs along Germany's eastern border and then flows into Poland. Massive die-off across several western states. An algae bloom at Lake Merritt is causing thousands of fish to die. The smell is horrible. It's quite putrid. I mean, rotting flesh. What a lovely thought. Welcome to the program tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, putrid, awful smell. There's uh, been a massive fish die-off in more than a couple of areas. And I started to really take notice about uh, recent die-offs of not just fish, but of other animals. We're talking about uh, seagulls, dolphins, and there's even been some strange behavior that has been recently witnessed on the behalf of several animals. And tonight on the program, that's exactly what we're going to discuss. I don't know that we will eventually reach a conclusion in our investigation of the parabnormal tonight. Of course, that's always okay with me. As long as we ask the questions and as long as we talk about things that the audience can relate to, I know recently in Oregon, there was an abrupt end to the fishing season. It was about a week closure ahead of schedule. And it got me wondering, you know, what are the impacts of something like that? Where fishermen may have been planning to go out and make the most of those final five, six, seven days of the season or whatever it was, and then to have the season just ripped away because there's been too many fish that have been caught. That was the reason that was stated. And then I started hearing about fish dying off. We've we've heard of these over the years. Last summer was no different. 
But there's a few other things that I want to throw on the table tonight that I hope you'll consider because it appears fishy to me. And we're not just talking about the odor. It seems like there there could be something larger at play. And uh, I'm going to string it along for you here on the program. It was earlier this month that we heard about a die-off in the San Francisco Bay Area that washed ashore. And many folks, you know, were on the beaches and whatnot and having to hold their nose because of the odor. And officials were even saying that odor could get worse as the heat goes on in the San Francisco Bay. This was about two weeks ago that these carcasses started washing ashore. And it was right before Labor Day weekend that the fish began piling up on shores and beaches. And many people in the Bay Area, again, reporting that the water was turning the color of rust, a brownish, orangish, icky color. Now, they say that this was caused by an algae bloom that's been spreading across the bay since uh, either last July, uh, so like a year ago, or, or as in like the month previous. I'm, I'm not sure. It doesn't make it clear. But what they're calling a red tide in this instance that killed these fish, thousands of fish in the San Francisco Bay. As these colonies of algae grew out of control, produced these toxins that can then kill fish. And if you catch fish, particularly shellfish, and you eat them, it's not good for you. Uh, Not to mention all the other effects to the ecosystem, depleting the oxygen in the water, and on and on and on it goes. So we have this red tide in the San Francisco Bay Area, a massive cleanup going on at uh, Merritt Lake, and a story out of the California University at the UC Davis Research Center talks about a catastrophic failure of more than 21,000 fish at the California University. Some of those fish were endangered when this uh, catastrophic failure at the research facility killed them. They say that chlorine exposure appears to have caused their deaths. The university investigating and I guess caring for some of the fish that survived. I wonder what that might entail if you're caring for a fish who has seemingly been poisoned by chlorine, whether there's a possibility that that fish pulls through or not, I guess I would not be the expert on that. I mean, I'm really not the expert on any of this. All I'm doing is putting together the information for you and asking a few questions and wondering if there is something larger at play here. So those uh, fish, 21,000 of them, green and white sturgeon, chinook, salmon, tilapia, and koi. Now on the West Coast... Two Chinook salmon populations are already endangered. Seven are considered threatening. And to say that this is catastrophic is probably just about accurate, especially in light of the situation that we have with food shortages, 
and drought and everything else going on, the crises upon crises that are simultaneously playing out upon each other. In Gainesville, Georgia, more than 100 fish died after a recent train derailment spilled soybeans. And they're saying that the soybeans uh, caused the fish to die. Apparently that got into the water system, into the creek where the fish were, and 100 fish died in Lake Lanier in Hall County, Georgia. This happening about three weeks ago. Very, very interesting situation that we have playing out here with just a variety of factors at play here that could or you know could not be connected. But I think it's very, very odd. And in the beginning, we heard about the situation in the Oder River, which is right there between Germany and Poland. I don't know if there's an active cover-up here or something of the fact, but this mass die-off of fish, or as they're, they're calling it a fish kill, expanding downstream, they say there are multiple reasons for the die-off, but that the overall cause is complicated. Maybe pesticides were to blame. Some are saying it actually appeared like a, a chemical cocktail. I'm taking this right from the article, which we've linked all of this information for episode 514 in the news link section. And right from the story, it says it really seems to be a chemical cocktail. According to our findings so far, none of these substances could have led to the fish die-off on its own. That is from the officials. And apparently it was Germany who spread who spread the fake news. So Poland is saying not so fast, and, and Germany is saying that yeah, there's these tons of fish that are dead in the Oder River. Polish Environment uh, Minister Anna Moskwa saying more fake news is being spread in Germany in references to a report that a laboratory had detected excessive pesticide levels in the water. And in another case, they're blaming starvation after a large number of birds were found. See, where was this? Uh, I hate when local reports don't say the state. Like, I mean, I, I don't know where the local area is. I'm not quite familiar. So pardon me for that. Somewhere in Massachusetts, it looks like. Yeah, down at the bottom. Because they link to a story where you can report observations of dead wild birds. Uh, So we go from fish to birds. Large number of birds found on the island shore in somewhere in Massachusetts in June uh, have confirmed to be dead from starvation. Initially, they said it was avian flu or bird flu, which was killing seagulls, ducks, terns, and cormorants. In the coastal areas of Massachusetts, and they have apparently been detecting what is known as HPAI or the uh, avian flu, the bird flu, all along the coast uh, in North America from Canada to Florida, but now saying that uh, it appears that they died from starvation. I don't think they were in the range of, of more than 100, several dozen uh, birds in, in one instance. There, I mean, what does it all mean, right? That's the question. Well, we all know that fish are just so vital to the ecosystem, number one. They help keep the streams healthy. Without healthy streams, and without fish, we don't have healthy streams. You also shut down, you know, the fishing industry or severely impact that. 
And you start seeing that uh, at the grocery store where things are already inflated. Uh, you may not be able to get fish one day. I'm not saying it has risen to that level, but it could be a situation uh, of a little bit of an experimentation where everything that's at play here, if it is connected, or if they are all just weird coincidences. I mean, I, I guess it it's possible that all this could be happening all at the same time and that there not be something to it. So we've heard a large number of reasons as to why these fish and now birds are washing ashore dead. To our friends up in Nova Scotia in Canada, a case of hundreds of dead seagulls. They're blaming that one on bird flu and calling the event unprecedented. Dr. Ted Lighton saying that the Seagulls were behaving in a way that suggested some sort of neurological disorder. There were skeletal remains all over the place, often just wings and a breastbone. There was no flesh. Sometimes there were feathers intact. Although officials really say it's impossible to know how many of these animals died because as the tide came up, the carcasses were washed back out to shore. But they're saying somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundreds, uh, in the hundreds, they're calling it uh, unprecedented and saying that some of these specimens are going to be sent off for further uh, testing. So we'll see what comes of that or or maybe we won't. But a very, very significant case of hundreds of uh, seagulls dying up in Canada. Interesting case of nearly 300 animal deaths. We're talking about things from sea lions and giraffes and cheetahs and ostriches, as well as more of those endangered species such as red pandas, red-tailed lemurs, and even chimpanzee. Have you heard about this on the news? 300 animals die in the country's three largest zoos in Ireland. They even had some bison, things that were going extinct. It's not just a thing happening here in the United States, as we saw with most of those Earlier reports, which tells me, I don't know, something could be in the water. An investigation underway by the Office of the Commissioner for Animal Welfare found that the found that dolphin deaths in one instance uh, were not a pure accident. This out of Malta says that they had anatomic lesions compatible with lead poisoning, which were identified as the cause of death in that case. And that came about two months after they started getting lethargic responses from these animals. So just imagine these animals who you know how they behave, and then they start, you know, just acting out of sorts. It's not that they're um, dehydrated or malnourished or anything of the kind, but they're just lethargic. They look off. Maybe they're moving a little bit slow. Their, their reflexes and their responses are not up to snuff. So in this case, there were three recent dolphins that died. And again, not by accident. And I want to bring up a very, very strange situation that has come to light recently out of Ohio. It is a very, very strange report, and I'd like to share it with you because... 
I think it actually paints the picture of really what's going on in this situation, much like the Dolphins that were acting lethargic. We have cases of deer uh, doing exactly that. So-called zombie deer have now been spotted in 13 Ohio counties. Now, the animals are infected with episodic hemorrhagic disease, or EHD. The deer were found in at least four tri-state counties in Ohio for the second time in a little over a week. Local 12's Genesis Narrow shows us some police body camera footage of these zombie deer and explains what to do if you spot one. Yeah, the zombie deer. That's where he was. Yeah, you probably didn't believe me. Yep, it's true. Spottings of zombie deer are becoming more and more common in the greater Cincinnati area. Body cam video from Colerain Police show the moments this deer was found on the side of Blue Rock Road early last week. Police say the deer was found standing and staring off into the distance, never phased by sirens or officers shouting. And turns out, this behavior is not uncommon. On Sunday, over in the city of Oxford, police found this deer on the south side of town. The, the deer was panting. There was blood coming from the eyes, or at least one eye, and it had swelling in its face, which, putting all those together, it was indicative of this EHD. EHD is transmitted by biting midges, known as noceums or gnats, that breed and live in small pools of standing water. According to the Ohio Department of Natural Resources, some symptoms include disorientation and show little to no fear of humans, pronounced swelling of head, neck, tongue, and eyelids, weakness, circling, and other odd neurological signs. We have learned that EHD is common in the late summer, early fall season, although this is particularly a a bad year for it. We were told that the Oxford area and Houston Woods area has been particularly bad, um, according to their statistics. The EHD virus is not infectious to people or pets, but sightings of a sick or dead deer should be reported. You can find all that information posted inside my story over on Local12.com. Reporting in Cincinnati, Genesis Narrows, Local12 News. Absolutely odd report, right? Now, they're saying it's EHD, epizootic uh, hemorrhagic disease, in white-tailed deer, again, in 13 Ohio counties. I mean, you heard the report right there. Uh, just an absolutely strange occurrence. And I bring up this next one because if there is something to these animals acting strange, which actually does go back to our show of last Monday night, when we discussed the solar flares, because I started to discuss about some of the impacts on whales and dolphins and on other animals. And now that we, we're doing this show, uh, I'm, I'm wondering again if that could have been a situation uh, related to the solar activity. If it, could have been, if it could be causing these deer. Of course, they're saying it's... It's a known virus. But in many of these other cases, we don't know that to be the case. We've seen in, in many of these reports, in fact, overruling causes where they'll uh, initially rule it this way and then say, no, it was in one case, it will. It was not bird flu. It was starvation. And of course, if you say something is, is bird flu, you have a convenient explanation. Because 
a lot of people won't question that. They'll just say, okay, it's it's bird flu and, you know, just like any of those other viruses or disease, they, they come and go. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was a wild pet kangaroo in rural Australia who killed a man, attacked him. It was the first fatal attack by a kangaroo in Australia in more than 85 years. I mean, just could be coincidence for the last 85 years that a kangaroo hasn't, you know, killed someone. Or maybe there's something fishy here. Man was attacked by the animal, which he had apparently had as a pet. But the marsupial got angry. And um, he was found with serious injuries, but would not let the uh, paramedics get to the scene because it was so it was so violent. Eventually, the, the police were called in. The kangaroo also was a threat to those emergency responders. So the police did shoot and kill that kangaroo. As sad as it was, we can't have an animal like that um, attacking its owner, attacking emergency responders. I mean, what got into it? Just a, just a crazy, crazy story. And I'm just searching for answers. Daryl emails in tonight, and I appreciate Daryl uh, chiming in from New York tonight, wondering if perhaps there's a, a 5G connection. Uh, it's very, very possible. There could be 5G towers that are being installed near these bodies of water, and that is causing a reaction in the fish. I would wonder, though, if... If that were the case, if we would see larger numbers and if we might start to see, you know, an impact on uh, humans, although I guess we may never know if we get cancer, if we got it because of the 5G tower, right? I mean, how do you ever prove that when you go to the the doctor and they say, "Uh, sir, ma'am, whatever it is, I'm sorry, you've got cancer and, and, and and you say, how? How did I get cancer, Doc? I mean, unless you're a smoker or there's a, you know, a reason that they can uh, immediately pinpoint, you don't know. So will we ever know whether or not these fish died from uh, 5G radiation? No. She also brings up a couple of other points uh, for us to consider, which is uh, graphene oxide. So it uh, sounds like uh, really a deliberate uh, poisoning almost. And she's also wondering about a uh, depopulation of the mosquitoes, which is something that I didn't really think of when preparing for this show. You know, we've seen the mosquito population continue to to really decline. That's why they are having to introduce genetically modified mosquitoes. 750 million of them in 2020 in just one case. In Florida, were released into the local population. My point is, each of these pieces in the puzzle, so to speak, they serve a purpose. And there's something going on here. There's something that is causing all of these fish to die. The dolphins to die. The birds to die. The deer to look lethargic, the dolphins to be lethargic. 
And, of course, as I mentioned, solar activity can have a lot to do with it. We know that solar activity does have an impact on animals. Billy tonight emailing in OMG, and that sums it up. Uh, Yeah, OMG. This is one of those uh, shows that you might want to put on repeat, and you might want to go check out the news links over at at, uh, parabnormalradio.com once you have a moment or two, because this is some wild stuff, friends. If we explain this all, and if we take the officials at their word, and we believe the explanations that were given, that just seems like a lot of death and a lot of crucial, important parts of our ecosystem are breaking down. We already know that the food supply has broken down. And the water situation right now has, is even worse than three weeks ago when we did what's in the water. The water's being poisoned. It's unsanitary. You add in the fish deaths and the rotting carcasses. The carcasses that are carried back out to sea. We have a real problem on our hands. Whether it's explainable or not. Whether we come to a, a consensus uh, on what is killing all these animals or not is is really not the point of this discussion as much as it is to just kind of keep an eye on the situation. And when you start hearing additional reports where you start to see, I don't know, dead animals on your property – And maybe it's strange, or we start to hear about strange attacks that haven't happened for dozens of years. And when we hear about animals acting lethargic and just looking out of place, and hundreds upon hundreds and tens of thousands in cases exhibiting these conditions, I think at that point, it's time to pay attention. And it's time that we consider that it might not just be coincidental. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to discuss the latest on the Artemis mission. Artemis, M-I-S-S, is exactly right. But we'll get an update on that from a uh, in-the-know space consultant who will be here on the program tomorrow night uh, to discuss that for us. So I hope you'll come back on Into the Paranormal and if you are new to the weeknight version, just know that we're still here on Saturday nights at our usual 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern, because Into the Paranormal is five nights a week. From the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest, I trust that you all have enjoyed the program tonight. And if, you'll, uh, if you're interested in more of this, go to the news link section at paranormalradio.com and please support us with Podcast Plus. That's what keeps us going. I'm here in addition to a you know nine to five job pulling this thing for you four nights a week during the week and you know putting all my heart and soul into the Saturday program. You know these times are a change and not everything's guaranteed. From the cold dark depths of a secret dungeon, somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest. Good night, everyone.
So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 